It's Rapino against Van Veenendaal. It's 1-0. The face of the tournament scores the first goal of the final. Lawrence. Teasing ball in. And at the far post, Canada get the equaliser through Christine Sinclair. And she scores at her fifth World Cup. Good ball that. Excellent header, 1-0. Fantastic header by Sam Kerr to put Australia in front. Free kick to Germany. Lingor takes it. Golden goal. Germany win the World Cup. Germany win the World Cup for the first time. A prayer, I suspect, from Kumagai. And the World Cup for Japan. They have rewritten the history books in Germany. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast, or for the second time in our history, a World Cup podcast, because for the second time in about eight or nine months, we've decided to go, go away, Olympics, for a few weeks. Well, kind of. We're here to talk about something else. World Cup of football slash soccer, depending on where you are listening to us from, because the men had their turn last year. Now it's time for the women Australia and New Zealand. There's extra reasons. We also want to be gender inclusive because it's not just like, hey, we're just doing the men. Let's do the women as well. But it's also because it is right in, well, two thirds of our backyard. Jared and myself, we have the World Cup in our backyard as well as the people over the Dutch. And also the other co-host has experience in a way because his country's already hosted a World Cup eight years ago. And it's like, ah, you Australians, it take you a while to catch up to it. So we're here to preview the Women's World Cup for 2023. It's only days away. Very, very exciting times. We're going to go over all the groups, predictions, other things. I've got some fun facts for you. There's mascots, there's songs. We've got a special guest, somebody who's represented a country, and so many things to cover that I need to introduce. First of all, the number one female football analysis in Winnipeg. It is Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to Off the Podium. I've been demoted. I thought I was the one who's competed, but now I'm just (laughs) the analysis. So I'll take it. It's still something. We don't like to share all your secrets on this show, Colin. We like (laughs) to keep you mysterious and no disrespect to any other women's football experts in Winnipeg, but Colin's a man of the people. He knows things. So he just, (laughs) that's why we have him on this show. And speaking of a man of the people, he's a man of every people. It doesn't matter what nation, what region of Sydney, what part of the world. He's so excited for this tournament that I believe he's going to change his name to Matilda because it's Jared Matilda Lubeek. Matilda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's it's good to be back. I am, I'm so pumped. Like, I was trying to think back. I was like, when's the last time that I've been to a World Cup? And the answer is pretty much never because tennis really doesn't count. Like, HB <laughs> Cup, the United Cup doesn't count. A uh, whole different ball game, but uh, Davis Cup, they ruined that, but we'll... we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> When Canada won it, it was ruined. (laughs) (laughs) You know that tournament wasn't real when Canada could win it. (laughs) Um, But that's a good point, Jared. It's exciting. A World Cup in our backyard. And that's actually... Well, I've been to a rugby World Cup, Namibia, Romania, back in 2003 in Launceston. A couple of cricket World Cup matches. I was a ball boy at a junior field hockey World Cup. But outside of that, never won. Did you go to the Asian Cup when that was here in 2015 at all? Jared, the men's Asian Cup? No? No. No? All right. Well, that's a good question then. Colin, did you go to any women's World Cup matches in 2000? Because I think you had some in Winnipeg, didn't you? Yeah, I I was this close to going to one. And uh, I I would love to go back and find out 
what the reason was that we didn't go, but I'm sure it was <laughs> Jamie's, Jamie's decision. Yep. I remember pitching it to her. I'm like, hey, it'll be like a really big deal and it's exciting and there's some Olympians who are going to be there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. And whatever the decision was, I'm sure it was something involving a movie with Chris Pratt or Chris Pine <laughs> or Chris Evans shirtless that she would rather go to. One of the Chris's didn't have his shirt on that week is basically <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. Uh, you had Germany, Thailand in Winnipeg. 26,000 people there. Germany spanked Thailand 4 nothing. You had Japan versus Ecuador. Japan won nothing in front of 14,000 fans. You had Australia. You had Australia versus the United States, Colin Hilding. That Australia might have been the one lost. I was pitching for to go to. Was there a Nigeria game as you well? You did, Australia and Nigeria, group rivals now, this time was around. That the one. Yeah. So, I remember, yeah, because I remember it was it was either Australia or Nigeria, but apparently it was both. Well, you actually had Sweden. You had bloody good teams. You had a USA-Sweden as well. So, I mean, I love here how that Australia-USA, USA being like, you know, the, the queens of women's football, uh, you got less people to that than you did Australia versus Nigeria. So... <laughs> <laughs> All the Nigerians. We don't like to support America. Yeah, <laughs> you stayed home that day. But uh, there you go. That's awesome that you had that. We'll talk to you a little bit about the vibe because I want to get the vibe right now from Jared. You said you're excited. Australia's excited. I feel this is really starting to ramp up. You and I are obviously in Sydney, so we've got a little bit more of a invested interest here because we've got the most games of any of the hosting cities. But how, like you said, you were just excited. But I mean, walking around the city, seeing the hype around this, we're days away from a core stadium, Stadium Australia, 80,000 people that are going to be there for the Matildas versus Ireland. I mean, just give us your mood outside of what you've already told us. Um, Just insane. Like, I feel like the hype, like it took a while, but like now it's like taken over. Like everybody that I know is keen. So many people want to get tickets. So many people don't want to watch it. Um, I just think it's, it's exciting. Like, like going on from whatever that cup was that we made up, that we won, um, <laughs> that we hosted. You came to um, that game with me, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, we got to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Like Our bond of women's there. football was right there. <laughs> The the vibe there, but like times up by like five thousand. So um, I think everyone's just just keen for you know it to kick off and and to get underway at this point. Yeah, that's right. We are the reigning Cup of Nations champions. That's, that's right. what it's called, Cup of Nations. Oh, what all little girls grow up dreaming of winning one day. Screw the Olympics. Were, were the nations Australia and New Zealand? Uh, Australia, Spain, Jamaica, and. Oh, the other Czech one, Republic? Czech Republic. That's right. <laughs> At least a couple other real countries, <laughs> three of whom are in the World Cup and the Czech Republic are having the month <laughs> off, I think. Um, but Colin, obviously your excitement touch on that. But I also want to get just kind of give us a bit of a taste of how big this was for Canada in 2015, because I remember through maybe people that we don't talk about anymore they said that that was a big deal and they were in Victoria mm. over sort of the water from Vancouver where the final was, but she remembered it being quite a big deal. So two-part question, your excitement levels and also just what this is like in the lead-up to a, a World Cup having experienced in Canada before. Well, it, the Men's World Cup obviously is a big deal for anybody who follows soccer, but I mean the Women's World Cup for people who aren't necessarily following everything to do with the sport is always a bigger deal here in Canada because – our women can play <laughs> and the men can now well, they're, 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 they're getting there. They lose uh, on they penalties did. to the United States in the gold cup. That's okay. They took a couple decades off and they're back. But uh, I mean, this is a sport, especially I'd say over the last 10 years has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger here. Uh, and obviously with the Olympics, I mean, now it's at its peak 
Uh, but I mean, even back in 2015, I mean, it was a huge deal. I remember how much promotion there was here and uh, all the games we had, like there was, you, you'd see busloads of people showing up at the stadium. It wasn't something where it's like, oh, they're going to, you know, get like 6,000 people in a 30,000 seat venue. Um, but there was so much hype about it uh, back then. And I, I almost wish that we would have it this year, though, you know, coming off of the Olympics to be able to uh, uh, maybe have something like that, because I, I could imagine like everything would be sold out if we had it now. Well, we'll hear from Grace Gill shortly, former Matilda A-League legend. She'll be doing some commentary for us in Australia and I sort of mentioned to her in that chat about, you know, we're in the future, we we're going to be at a point where we don't even really need to distinguish this as like, oh, how big of a deal is this for women's football and kind of all these things that still come along with that conversation because, yeah, we're still sort of there, but I still feel that conversation is moving away now. Like We're used to seeing women's tournaments now getting 80,000 people and 90,000 people and all these kind of numbers. And it's, it's interesting sort of in the lead up to this, if you go back and watch some of the old like women's World Cup footage of like the first one was in 1991 and I swear there's like three people at the final. Whereas now, you know, tracking to 80,000 people at Stadium Australia on August 20 and all this sort of stuff. So as you'll hear with Grace sort of talking about that, that we hopefully won't need to use words and things like that anymore about this being unique. But it is obviously an exciting time for a host country. And Jared Webb obviously experienced this around many different events over our lifetime. Obviously, the peak being the Sydney Olympics, but touched on other sort of World Cups that we've seen, the Commonwealth Games and things like that. But it's always that sort of exciting vibe. Just just on that, Colin, in general, sort of as a side note to what you just said, is Canada right now excited about this? How is that vibe on the ground right now for this World Cup, particularly given there's a bit more attention on you being the reigning world, uh, reigning Olympic champions, I should say? Yeah, like there's definitely a lot more attention. But now that the rosters are being revealed and people are realizing how many of our top players are out with injury, uh, I don't know whether there's going to be expectations that we're somehow going to, you know, <laughs> make it to the semifinals or something like that. Uh, it, it's a very reserved uh, reaction that Canada is having right now. But the fact, uh, I think more than anything that, uh, you know, Canada's top player for as long as almost anybody's been watching, Christine Sinclair, mm. this is pretty much guaranteed to be her last World Cup. I mean, she already said that the last Olympics were her last Olympics, uh, and this will more or less be her retirement. I think that's where all the attention's going. Sixth World Cup, if you don't mind, Colin. Yeah. Uh, 2003 was her first World Cup, and here she is 20 years later playing another one. I was 16 in 2003, um, trying to work out how to be a teenager. I'm still trying to work that out, and I think I'll grow up one day. Uh, Colin, you were about 47, I think, in 2003. Jared, you were about 12 or 8 or something. I don't know. You were young. Uh, I don't know how math. J Jared was a fetus. Yeah, he was a fetus. But I, I've been watching their uh, Instagram feed a little bit, um, Canada. They're obviously based uh, based in Melbourne, so they've been doing a lot of, uh, I guess, um, things around there. But I actually think they're in Queensland at the moment going to some wildlife parks because they've got a friendly against England in the lead up to that as well but they've also got a little youtube uh series that's out at the moment i believe it's called we can um and uh, they're obviously doing a lot of promo around that but we'll obviously talk a little bit more about their hopes and everything with that moving forward jared just quickly on on the matildas uh, i mean it's sort of matilda central here right now and they've got christine sinclair we've got somebody that you might have heard of sam kerr who I would probably argue is the most famous footballer uh, in this country, men or women, doesn't matter what gender, she is She is a star. And arguably one of, if not the best footballer in the world right now. She's the number one rated player on FIFA 23, if you want to download the Women's World Cup mode on that right now. But uh, 
Matildas, Vibe, Sam Kerr. Uh, I mean, it's just the Sam Kerr show, isn't it? Captain Kerr? Pretty much. Um, yeah, I feel like she gets all the coverage and at times it feels like it's almost like a a one-woman team. Um, but I think we have enough other like good players kind of to, to back her up. Um, especially it feels like more and more of our players are kind of playing like overseas and like the English Premier League and stuff. So I think... The lead up seems to be better this time, and it feels like there's more almost of a, of a team vibe than maybe in the past. Like that, I feel like there's a little bit less pressure on her shoulders than usual. Yeah, Megan Rapinoe. Speaking of big names in the US, she's just announced in the last couple of days that this will be her last uh, tournament as well. So you got all these big names. Marta from Brazil, her sixth World Cup as well, if you don't mind. So. Uh, a lot of these players, a longevity with them. Just a couple of things that we'll, we'll touch on. We'll get to this chat with Grace, and obviously we're going to do predictions and things like that. Um, first, Women's World Cup, they've had 32 nations. So they've kind of aligned with the men's tournament just as the men go towards 48 teams in a few years' time. But that's a big deal. So we're seeing a lot of debutantes in this World Cup, which is uh, quite exciting as well. Uh, two... Countries are hosting it, of course. It's the first time in Women's World Cup history that we've had dual hosts. We've had that in the Men's World Cup before back in 2002. We're going to see three, of course, in a couple of years' time. But both Australia and New Zealand hosting games. We don't want to forget our friends over the Dutch because they're good and they have games as well, which is important to note. Um, first time ever in the Women's World Cup, we've got an official song. You heard it at the beginning of this episode. We'll play it a bit at the end. We'll talk about that. In a moment, there's a mascot as well, which you know we're going to talk about mascots because there's one for this tournament, which is great. Um, maybe we get into that now, I think. I just brought it up. I don't know how I feel about this mascot. Uh, I mean, Jared, I got you the gift of a mascot magnet, so <laughs> I feel that you might be a little bit connected to that. But uh, yeah, let's talk about ta- Tazuni. Is that is that what it's called? Tazuni? It's a bird, basically. It's a combination of Australian and New Zealand birds. It's a football-loving teenage penguin bringing excitement to the tournament to inspire a new generation of fans. So um, it's based on the Eudiptula minor species that is uh, native to both New Zealand and Australia. Uh, streetwise and confident, Tazuni stands out from the crowd thanks to a signature blue tuft of hair. Her name is Fusion of Tasman Sea, which is the sea between Australia and New Zealand, Colin, if you didn't know that, uh, which she calls home. And Unity, a key value of the event. Jared, you're our uh, go-to mes- mascot man. Um, <laughs> has, this, um, has Tazuni adorned your fridge since we uh, first met? It's on my fridge. She's, she's, she's loving my fridge, but yeah, Tazuni. She, she is. She's kind of demoted to like the side of the fridge. I haven't made a decision, a, a commitment to magnets on the front of the, the fridge yet. I'm, I'm still kind of coming to terms with that. But, you know, she's on there with all like the emergency electrician phone numbers and the plumbers. So um, <laughs> she's in a bit more prominent spot than them. So she's not doing too bad. I don't Too many birds at the women, as the Women's World Cup mascots. Yeah. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> there's 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 so many birds. There's like what one, two, three, four, nearly half of the bird. Well, half of them are birds. There you go. Canada had a bird. Shwaim, shwaim, shwaim. How do you say that, Colin? Um, like an uh, owl or something. Shumi. That too. Um, looks like a, an owl. Uh, Etty from France is like a chicken. 
uh, Ling Ling from China back in 1991. Um, it's a bird of some type. And then I'm looking here, you've had Fifi uh, from 1995, which that was in Scandinavia, if I'm not mistaken. So that looks like a Viking. Uh, Nutmeg from the US looks like a fox. Uh, I guess the 2003 was meant to be in China, but they moved it to the US because of SARS. So then I guess China had it again in 2003. So Hua Mulan. Is that meant to just That's be... That's a bird. Is that just meant to be Mulan? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Carla Kick from Germany in 2011 is a cat. Um, yeah, at least Feral it's, stray, yeah. It's, it's, at least it's not a ghost or a stick. Um, Colin, you're... I don't thought- know. The, the ghost is, is kind of... Yeah. Compared, compared to the penguin, you know. True. I just like- feel like this was like missed opportunity, right, to have dual mascots. Yeah, like, and like to go for a huge size difference, like emu and the and a kiwi, like a kiwi <laughs> riding on the back of an emu. <laughs> Miss chance. If you're going with the bird theme, that was it. Hey, I'm on board with that. Like a because outside of a kiwi, New Zealand has no animals. They've got like birds. The kiwis and outside sheep. Of that. That's it. Kiwi and sheep. <laughs> have a sheep riding a kangaroo. Um, along those lines. Uh, Colin, your thoughts on Tazuni? Uh, I mean. Tazuni stands out from the crowd because it looks like it's the first ever CGI animated mm. bird. Yeah. Uh, which looks just different when you compare it to the rest of them. But I'm looking at Tazuni in the suit compared to Tazuni the drawing. And it, I don't know, the, the, the suit version just, just looks very stiff, very. It, there's not a lot of bulk to it. It's funny because it looks so stiff, even though is obviously somebody just wearing a leotard with a mask on. Like I want something a little bit more. I want something that looks like it's going to get caught indoors. <laughs> something that looks like it's it's going to have. Oh, I'll never forget. R- riding on the, its back and then collapsing and not being able to move. Like <laughs> there's there's not a lot of restrictions to Tazumi yet. Tazumi looks very stiff. I, a little bit more animation, a little bit more more life to it. Well, hang on a minute, Colin. Let's just let's just give a bit more of a background here. To animate Tazuni, get her not so stiff. She's 15 for starters, Colin. You don't talk about 15-year-olds getting stiff. That's my job. Um, she plays in the midfield, falls in love with football after joining in with a group of kids, playing a game on the beach. Obviously in Australia. She wasn't in New Zealand that weekend. Uh, her footballing dreams come true when one evening she gazes up to see fireworks explode overhead coming from a nearby stadium. The kids from the beach hand over a personalised football kit and she confidently strides into the stadium to showcase her talent. Obviously, I think New Zealand must have been playing then because they didn't have many talented players. Hey, Bird, come play for us. Um, I, I, mean, I just don't understand story. why every, sh- every shot I see of somebody in the Chizuni shirt uh, suit, they either got the arms in the air or the arms down. I'm like, are those the only movements you have? You've got no suit from the neck down. I, I, I guess, I don't know. Birds don't have neck. Well, they do have neck. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. But yeah, you're right. They've also got wings, not five <laughs> fingers. <laughs> It's an an- anthropomorphic bird. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic bird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Jared, you work for a council. I don't know how you're involved in promotion. But, like, I mean, what is, do you think a mark? Like, the FIFA goes to some marketing agency. It's probably created in, like, Zurich or something like that. It's probably not even created in Australia. And they've just gone to, they've grabbed, like, a nearby encyclopedia of, like, fuck, Australia, New Zealand. Oh, God, Australia's got all the good animals. New Zealand's just got sheep. Uh, oh, he's a bird that lives in both places. Let's go with that. I mean, what's how do you go to a marketing agency to come up with this wanky stuff? A 15-year-old was playing football on a beach. It's bad. And you know they paid way too much money for yeah. it, like guaranteed. 
<laughs> and when you think too, they probably gave them options and this was the best of the bunch. So who knows what else was was out there initially in the in the drafting process. I don't know. It is my lifelong ambition on this show for us to have a mascot. It has to be a chair. And I want it to be co- like we're gonna we're gonna come up with a fucking wanky story. Like this is designed chair. by Casper. Yeah, well, the, yeah, get Casper. We'll go to a, you know, we'll get it all out. We'll get plushies and everything like that. This is Cherry. Cherry was enjoying an innocent day when, out of nowhere, she was thrown across a room by an angry <laughs> Canadian. This born her into, birthed her into life, and she discovered the passion that she has for the Olympics, supporting everybody's favorite Olympic podcast that was once in the top six of the New York Times. From here, she spread the word of the Olympics out there through the love of mascots and chair throwing and Penny Alexiak and other things that that show will sometimes talk about to ignite the world's love of podcasting and eventually get overtaken by Keep the Flame Alive. I think that would (laughs) be a very passionate and loving story right there. You know what's great is that Cherry already is anatomically correct to sit out the boxing event. <laughs> it's got to be called Cherry, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's Cherry. There's little Cherry. Oh, little Cherry. It's happening. I want I want to get it done before Paris next year. So when I'm in Paris and if I get pins made up for off the podium to try and, you know, trade with people, I want to get Cherry pins. And Cherry pins will go like hotcakes. We will, we will, like, sell them for a million dollars each. <laughs> I still, no word of a lie. I think I said on when we did that episode of the Hobart Olympic pin, I will still get random emails asking for a Hobart Olympic pin. And it's like, <laughs> this wasn't a real thing, but we had them. But like, anyway, but um, Tazuni, are you going to buy, at, when you go to one of the games at the merchandise tent or whatever they have, Jared, are you going to buy yourself a Tazuni? No, no way. <laughs> You've got the magnet. That's enough. They're not getting it's just going to end up on the effort. bottom of the fridge. <laughs> Would you buy a cherry? Uh, oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cherry would be sitting on that shelf right there. It's happening. I'm getting this mascot, mate. I don't know how I'm going to do it. If there's a graphic designer listening to this show, like we ask all of our Olympians to draw things and they never do, lazy. Um, so we're going to get, for now, on every Olympian on this show, hi, random Olympian, <laughs> draw us a chair. Let's just get our good friend Sophie Ash to draw it for us. Hey, there she you go. Yeah, very good friend. She draws us all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I might buy a Tazuni. I've got like two mascots behind me. I've got Flurgy, Flurgy, Flurgin, Flurkinton, and I've got Izzy. You can't even see it. The lights are off and people listening to this going, what the hell are you talking you only buy the best. <laughs> hey, you leave Izzy alone. Right? Still got a tag on it. It's great quality, that Izzy. I'll sell that in like 20 years for $5,000 and I'll be laughing at you because I'll be rich. Although $5,000 in 20 years is probably worth a dollar now, so... Anyway, um, official song. I was pissed off last year in Qatar that we didn't have an official song for the Men's World Cup. The first time in like 50,000 years that we haven't. So FIFA have gone, shit, we fucked up. Let's have an official song for the very first time for the Women's World Cup. So they, you know, had a wide variety of options. You know, you think of great Australian musicians. Kylie Minogue, Powderfinger. Well, they're not great, but they're on the list, sure. Uh, you know, John Farnham, uh, Iggy Azalea. Five seconds of summer, like global brands, right? You know, New Zealand, you've got Lord, you've got Crowded House, you've got Split Ends. You've, that's about it. I think they've only had about three famous people from New Zealand do songs. So where, who did FIFA go with? They went with Bene or Beni or whatever her name is featuring Mole Rats. Now, if you're at home going, huh, who are they? Don't worry. 99.9% of Australians are also saying that who don't listen to Triple J. Because I have no... Jared, do you have any idea who these two people are? No, when you were announcing it, I was trying to think back and I'm like, Ratmore? I was like, 
Was it rat mole? <laughs> mole rat makes a lot more sense. But uh, yeah, like no, never heard of either of them. Yeah, uh, me neither. So for reference, uh, Bene, Benny, I don't know how she, her name's pronounced. This is, if you're listening off the podium for the first time and you think, oh, that guy, he's not professional. Well, I'm the one who doesn't pronounce names properly. Uh, her name is Stella Rose Bennett. Uh, or Bennett, probably is how you pronounce it, Ben. Um, she is a New Zealand singer and songwriter from Auckland. Um, she has won Single of the Year Best Solo Artist and Best Pop Artist at the New Zealand Music Awards. I'm sure that's a very hard thing to win. I think I won a New Zealand Music Award when I lived in New Zealand for two years and I didn't even know. Just like, oh, bro, here you go. Here's your New Zealand Music Award. Thank you, New Zealand. Um, and Morat, a.k.a. Grace Kathleen Elizabeth Shaw... She's from Brisbane, uh, a singer, a rapper, and a musician. Good for her. She was on the Triple J. Of course, she was on the Triple J's Hottest 100. I mean, this, does this not just sound like a Triple J song to you, Jared? Yeah, it's just, it's not great, is it? <laughs> it's just there. I feel like I'm being so down on everything, but really, they could have, it's not a World Cup song. No, no. I, the, the, you think Ricky Martin, you think Shakira, you think Pitbull, you think Will Smith. I don't think Morat and Bene. Uh, <laughs> there's no brass. There's no people jumping in the stands. Like nothing's happening during this song. Yeah. This is I, not making it through the semifinals of Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this would make it out of Australia to size. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin, do you have any, did you listen to this? I sent it to you very last minute. I, did, but I don't yeah. know if you had a bit of a listen to it. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was an okay song. Uh, my first thought was this sounds like a Eurovision song. Um, <laughs> you need to watch more Eurovision. <laughs> I just said not a winner, uh, not a terrible song, but like, it doesn't give you that sports vibe. Like you want something that everybody's going to be singing and, and, you know, doing the beat along with and screaming and, and you don't get that vibe from it. So, I mean, I completely agree with you. Uh, I have no idea who Bene or Mallrat are. Um, Neither maybe they. they should have auditioned for uh, the mascot <laughs> position instead of the song position. <laughs> I could see the mascot singing this. Actually, I could. <laughs> I mean that that's a bird that wants to sing a song like this. Tazuti's like going to be like we don't get the opening ceremony in Australia. That's in New Zealand because they have the opening game like two hours before our opening game. So technically, the opening ceremony will be there. So if I don't see Ben A and freaking Molrat with Tazuni on stage, I saw Usain Bolt live DJing with Borobi. All right, you got the last time we had a major sporting event in this country. That was the the lengths they went to. And we know how crap that closing ceremony was on the Gold Coast. So you got a bar here that's, I don't know if it's high or low there. But um, I think we'll get the, some sort of performance at the final, perhaps. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. We're going to hear from Grace in just a second. But one thing that we started back in Birmingham last year was facts about the country that's hosting an event. We've never done that before. So we did it in Birmingham. They invented oxygen and all that shit. Good for them. Qatar, it was just an ad. We've got great airports. We've got great everything. We don't bribe anyone. So why not learn? Is this going to be like home of Ben Waterworth and Jared Lubick? Because if it is, I'll take a break. Uh, go, go off and check on the kids because uh, you might have just uh, <laughs> got rid of two of our facts. So I, I've literally Googled fun facts about Australia and fun facts about New Zealand. And I'm telling you now, as an Australian, I didn't even know some of these facts about Australia. And having lived in New Zealand... I didn't even know some of these fun facts in New Zealand. So let's start. Jared, do you want a New Zealand or an Australian fact first? Oh, let's start with NZ. Oh, let's go across the Dutch. Did you know that there is more than one type of kiwi? When you hear the word kiwi, you probably think of that little green fruit. But there are actually three different meanings for the word, including the fruit. 
A Kiwi can refer to... This is a shit fact. Everyone knows this. I thought they were going to talk about the birds. A Kiwi can be a New Zealander, a fruit, or a bird. Duh. That's not a fun fact about New Zealand. That's a shit fact about New Zealand. Um, Good to see that you vetted these before. I do so much on this. Let's let's go across to the real facts in Australia. If you visit one new beach in Australia every day, it will take you over 27 years to see them all. That's a good fact. Come on. Where's the sound effect? That's a good fact. (laughs) I have that one ready to go. Uh, What's the second one here in New Zealand? National reserves make up 30% of the country. Okay, that's a bit more interesting. You know, 30%. Good job. Um, in Australia, each year, Brisbane hosts the World Championships of Cockroach Racing. Cool. When are we doing that and off the podium? Classy. <laughs> Welcome to our uh, preview of the 2023 World Championships of Cockroach Racing. Uh, They're holding out for Brisbane to reveal that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's an Olympic sport. Uh, New Zealand has a hill with the world's longest name. Do you want me to give this a crack? Because you know I'll give this a crack. Oh, All yeah. Right. So... There is a hill in New Zealand <clears throat> called Tomatawakatangiagakoa A to A M A T A Tura Kiki Pikiaka Piki Mayonga Horong Koyupe Kai Wayenakitana Who? That is anthropomorphic. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta Falk. Do you want me to repeat that? Um, no, that's all right. <laughs> uh, in, uh, that's a Maori word, if you didn't know. Uh, in English, it means the summit where Tamate, the man with the big knees, the slider and the climber of mountains. This is a longer explanation than the word. I'm not reading all of that. <laughs> Why couldn't that be the name of the bird? <laughs> and your mascot for the World Cup is Tamahuda. <laughs> Yay! Featuring Morat. Uh, <laughs> and the third one from Australia Australia is the only continent in the world Without an active volcano You haven't seen Jared on a night out That's all I'll say uh, <laughs> No sound effects, come on <laughs> Oh, good one, Ben oh, Comedy goals from Ben Waterworth Oh, oh thanks, Colin Hey so, <laughs> so Nice of you to say that We don't usually play sound effects on this show <laughs> Um, that could come in handy. <laughs> I want to. I'm going to send you all the link for this word, and you're all going to have a crack at it by the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, we should put it in like um, Siri or something like that to get Siri to say it. Um, while I copy and paste this for these two to practice, uh, we are going to hear from a real guest on this show. None of this rabble and silliness that's happening right now. Uh, Grace Gill is her name. She has played for the Matildas, played in the A-League, won championships in the A-League. She's a legend of Australian football, and you're going to be hearing her voice a lot on Channel 7's coverage of the Women's World Cup. I spoke to her during the week about her thoughts and opinions and everything else, and something that is not going to make Colin too happy. Let's hear my chat with Grace. So delighted to be able to welcome our next guest here off the podium to know a little bit more about the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. She's an A-Leagues legend playing for Canberra United, play for the Matildas as well, and will be front and centre on the Channel 7 coverage of the Women's World Cup, commentating alongside the great David Bashir in all Matildas matches as well as the final, where Channel 7 will also be screening 15 key matches across the month-long tournament. It's a pleasure to welcome to Off the Podium, Grace Gill. Grace, welcome to the show. 
Thanks so much, Ben. And uh, what a kind introduction. I try to get through there eventually. <laughs> uh, just uh, I got the words out eventually. Word vomit, I like to call it sometimes, but uh, we got there eventually. But it's it's here, Grace. We're, we're less than a week away now from this uh, amazing tournament that we have been eagerly anticipating for quite some time. How, how are you feeling right now, uh, so close to the tournament finally kicking off? Oh, I feel like we've been looking at the countdown clock for well, years now. Um, and the fact that it's just really a few days away. Yeah. I think the obvious word is excited. Um, definitely this nervous, uh, build up behind it. And I think there's this sense of, you know, now that we are so close, a real bubbling anticipation with the tournament just about to kick off. So yeah, really, really looking forward to it. How big of a deal is this for not only women's football, but football in general, this is the biggest football tournament Australia will have ever hosted individually outside of course mm. in the Olympics but I mean how big of a deal will this be for this country in the sport yeah I, I don't think we're quite going to be able to measure the impact of this until post-tournament and I think it's going to be profound both in Australia and New Zealand it feels as though Australia has has sort of pushed forward in the anticipation and the build-up and perhaps a little bit more than New Zealand but I've got no doubt that once the tournament does kick off on the shores of both here and across the ditch that we'll feel it in such a big way. And I think if we reflect on the Lionesses' success last year at the Euros 2022 European Champions and that group of girls who are involved in that and their, I guess you'd say their fame in Mm. England now and in the WSL, they're recognised walking down the street. So many young girls and boys played football and then wanted to play football on the back of the Lionesses' success. And I think even if the Matildas or New Zealand Football Ferns aren't to have that level of success, I think that impact is still really going to be felt in such a big way. Exactly. And also you you think about just the growth and everything. I mean, we all know who Sam Kerr is, of course, and we'll talk about the Matildas in just a second, but even outside of of Sam Kerr now, these household names in Australia on the Matildas squad, you know, Ellie Carpenter, Alex Chidiak, you know, people like that who people know uh, so, so well. But the Matildas in general, Group B, and we've got a bit to cover on Group B because not only is it the Matildas, we're going to mention obviously uh, Canada as well in this conversation. But Group B, of course, is Canada, Australia, Ireland and Nigeria. Thoughts on how this is looking for the Matildas? And of course, uh, the squad has been named ahead of the World Cup. I mean, just general vibes mm. and feels around this side heading into the World Cup. Yeah, well, it's in that pointy end where... Yeah, you've mentioned the squad's been named. We've got the final 23. Um, That's obviously a really emotional time, both for the players who did make the list, but of course for the ones who didn't as well Um, in any sport. That's such a cutthroat environment. So I'm excited for the girls who are in and feel deeply for the girls who just missed out. Um, Seven debutantes in this squad as well, which is huge. Um, And a lot of experience, of course, Claire Polkinghorne, Lydia Williams going into their fifth Women's World Cup, which is just insane to try and comprehend. Um, But in terms of the Matildas in Group B, I'm really confident that they're going to do well in the group. And I think think they're going to top the group. And I think beneath them, there's a little uncertainty. And I'm, I'm happy to dig into that some more. But... I have, um, I guess, a real swelling sense of um, uncertainty around the Republic of Ireland in in the sense that I think they're going to be really good 
I think they're going to be better than what people are expecting. I think they're going to be more difficult than what people are expecting. Uh, and I think they're going to give this group some uh, a bit of a shake-up, really. It's almost the closest to a group of death group B in a weird way, isn't it? We always like to talk about a group of death at a World Cup. But if you think about it, obviously, with Australia, the hosts, all the pressure and the form that they're in, Canada reigning champions, as you said, the uncertainty around Ireland, but even Nigeria, who have a storied history at the Women's World Cup, never missed a Women's World Cup. So I think it kind of, it comes from that place where if you're going to say group of death, might be group B. Yeah, we're owning it. We're taking that for group B. I think, yeah, you've mentioned there the teams across the group. On any given day, any of those teams could top this group. I do think it's going to be the Matildas, just given their recent uh, performances and recent results. Uh, But it's a really, really tough group. And, of course, the quarterfinal, you could either say curse or uh, proactiveness of the hosts. Every host in Women's World Cup history has at least made the quarterfinals. However, if you're not the United States, you've never made it past the quarterfinals. So, uh, also, that's hopeful for our co-hosts in New Zealand, who, as we know, Grace, have never even won a game, let alone made it out of the group stage before at the World Cup. Yeah, and that's huge for New Zealand. If they get to a quarterfinal, that will be obviously a history-making feat. Uh, for Australia, I think the expectation is to do at very least that. And I know the girls in the team will be wanting that. I know the communities, the fans, everyone who gets behind the Matildas will want them to go the entire way. But when you've got a team like Canada, uh, Olympic gold medalists, they're also such a difficult side. And the Matildas had a, a two-game friendly series against them, lost both the, both those games. Adriana Leon for the Canadian women's national team stepped up in a huge way in those two matches. So we sort of know what we're coming up against, uh, against Canada. Um, and we cannot underestimate the strength and the experience that they have in their side as well. Well, obviously got a big key uh, connection to the uh, land, true north, strong and free on this, on this very show. And one of my favourite moments in the history of this show is... Uh, commentating, I use that in loose quotes, them winning that gold medal back in Tokyo. But it's it's interesting sort of reading all the form guides and the predictions and everything. No one, it seems, really is putting them in that bracket of potential winners because I don't mm. know if that comes down to their form, this group. I mean, in 2023, they've only won the one game. They've lost their other three. There are some question marks around them. And I, I sort of maybe know where you're going on your predictions of that because I just did a series of podcasts with you where <laughs> maybe the uh, predictions weren't where I was hoping they would be. But how how do you think that will affect everything to do with Canada? I mean, winning an Olympic gold medal is on par with winning a, a Women's World Cup. As we know, it's sort of uh, on par as almost a prestige of the tournaments there. But mm. do you think they're maybe just not where they were at a couple of years ago for the Olympics? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things about Canada. I think the gold medal uh, for the Olympics will, of course, give them confidence and uh, momentum coming into another major tournament. They have had some issues with their federation in more recent months, which I think can be a little bit disruptive. So I think that's maybe stalled some of that momentum somewhat. But I think the thing about Canada is that on their day, they can be such an impressive team. They're a great defensive side. They they can absorb a lot of pressure, hit on the counter, and then play this really sort of attacking fun style of football. But they can be kind of temperamental. And I think to your point about their results this year in 2023, we've seen that, just the one win. So for Olympic gold medalists to, to then come into a World Cup year and not have the performance and the results to sort of back the expectation, I think that speaks to yeah their temperament. They can be a little bit up and down. They do have the great Christine Sinclair, and mm. that's just an incredible feat for her to be coming out. 40 years old, honestly, she I can't say enough about how impressive she is as a player, as a footballer. 
uh, we've mentioned before, all-time leading goal scorer across international goals, men or women. Like that is just one of those moments that you sit back and for her to be here again in Australia on our shores for a World Cup, I think to watch that kind of greatness is a pretty special moment. Six World Cup alongside Marta as well for Brazil. So a, a pretty, pretty incredible feat. Of course, uh, the day of us releasing this, Canada have a friendly against England on the Sunshine Coast, which will be a, obviously a, a very huge test. One quick question on that, though, looking at how the, the matches are playing in the group, Canada and Ireland sort of have a, a bit of a weird transition in that middle period of this group, of course. So Ireland, of course, open up against Australia in Sydney, Canada against Nigeria and Melbourne. But then Ireland and Canada have to go cross-country to Perth while Australia and Nigeria stay in Brisbane, and then Canada have to come back to play in Melbourne while Ireland have to then come back to play in Brisbane. Do you think that's an impactful thing on, on countries like that with sh- such a short turnaround, you know, travel? Because that is a mm. long trip, literally one end of yep. the country to the other, to then have to come back and, uh, you know, come up against a game deciding, a group deciding games in that game three. Yeah, and I think a lot of the teams and countries travelling to Australia are realising pretty quickly a couple of things. One is how far away Australia is to begin mm-hmm. and how big that trip is, how long jet lag and the what flying does to your body, to your fatigue, to your mental state, adjusting to that in the first instance, but then having to cross-country travel to Perth, as as those of us who have done that trip know before, it does in a strange way really take it out of you. You're in the same country, but I'm sure that these teams and these players will experience what that time difference and those time zones feel like. And that is a tough fixture for Mm. those two teams. And then to have to travel back across the country, they're going to have to, and they do, but be really clued into their recovery, their sleep, their nutrition. And of course, these are, these are world-class professionals. They do all those things um, part and parcel, but definitely that fixture is going to play part in, in the group standings. And to put that into context for our Canadian listeners, you go back to 2015 when Canada hosted the World Cup. They played two group games in Edmonton, one in Winnipeg, which obviously are quite close to each other. And then their two knockout phases were in Vancouver. So that would be essentially if you were playing one game in Toronto or Montreal and having to fly cross country back to Vancouver, that would, I guess, be sort of the same travel links that you would have for that one. Just you touched on Christine Sinclair, six World Cup, as we said, and then the superstar factor for Australia, of course, Sam Kerr, arguably the uh, best player in, in, in the world. How big is that superstar factor for both teams, particularly with the Kerr factor, because not only mm-hmm. is she the captain, she's a superstar, but she's kind of carrying the nation on her shoulders. This is very much a Kathy Freeman moment, literally stadium Australia, same venue. We could be seeing that on August 20th, if all things go to plan. I mean, how big is that of a deal to have superstars like that on a team in a world cup like this? Yeah, it's massive. And both in their own right, different parts and different stages of their career. Um, and I think for that, they'll play slightly different roles, but none to take away from uh, the influence they each have on their teams. Sam Kerr in particular, I think she spoke really maturely, really well at the press conference with Tony Gustafsson on the back of the 23 player squad announcement. I think she fielded some kind of tricky questions in a way that were really considered. Um, And I think when it comes to pressure and expectation and what she carries on this team, there is no one sort of more critical of herself than what Sam is. But I think in the same breath, there is no one who is more capable of standing up in those moments and thriving under pressure. And I've got no doubt that across this tournament, we'll see Sam do that. And Conversely, Christine Sinclair on the other side with the 
Canadian women's national team. She is so experienced. Her sixth World Cup. She's got. She'll play a different role. She won't be able to play ninety plus minutes every single game just due to her age. They'll use her in a way that will be very different to Sam Kerr, but her temperament, her maturity, her experience around the group, I think um, cannot be underestimated the importance of that for Canada. I'm, I'm very much one for patterns and history, Grace, and I'm just I'm thinking out loud now in terms of iconic moments that have happened in, in major footballing tournaments in this country and just moments with Stadium Australia involved, of course. We think back to 2015, the Asian Cup, all that came to fruition, won the Asian Cup at Stadium Australia, as I mentioned, Kathy, all that pressure around her, lit the cauldron at the opening ceremony, then, of course, went on to win the gold. So now it's it's kind of the stars are aligning there, I feel. You know, opening game like at like Stadium Australia, Kerr with a hat-trick against Ireland, surely, and then let's say the, the game winner in the final. How, how does all that sound? Sounds pretty good. Uh, sounds pretty nerve-wracking. Sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> sounds pretty overwhelming. Um and yeah, I had this conversation recently with someone as well that I think whether it's that opening a game against Ireland or the final, that that moment of the roar of the stadium, and I, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind particularly about the opening game against Ireland, I think it's just going to be unbelievable. I think it's going to be quite moving. I think it's going to be quite emotional, whether that's for the players, whether that's for fans, there's going to be former Matildas in the crowd watching and there's going to be a lot of emotion surrounding it. And understandably so not only for those reasons that you've just mentioned there, the history of the stadium and some of those major tournaments and, and events here in Australia, but just how far the Matildas have come and, and to be walking out to a stadium of 80 plus thousand people, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> it, it. I mean, it's just incredible to think of everything that's going to happen next week with that because even as we touched on with New Zealand, you know, they're, they're tracking 40,000, 45,000 at Eden Park. You, you know, I think their record for highest women's attendance ever is only about 12,000, which they got earlier this year against the US. So, yeah. you know, basically quadrupling their biggest ever female football crowd. We saw in Australia the impact a couple of years back with the women's cricket when they got 90-odd thousand people at the MCG for the final there. So just all of these levels. And hopefully this then leads us, Grace. So hopefully we can look back in 10 years' time when we're not having to always bring up these stats, right? We're not always going like, oh, how amazing is this that we're getting 80,000 people to a women's game? It should just be part of parcel, right? Like, oh, 80,000, small crowd. Come on, where were the extra 10? No, exactly. I think that's a really good point too. Definitely, we've seen that in England post uh, Euros last year, and I hope that there will be a similar effect here in Australia flowing on to the A-League women's competition, more crowds, more people turning up wanting to see these superstars play. And I think to that point about New Zealand, you know, their biggest crowd being 12,000 people, and now they're banking on around about 40 plus, 45,000. It's the difference of being on the field and being able to hear a direct instruction from the opposite side of the field from your coach to not being able to hear the person who was five meters away from you. And that's a really sort of hard thing to comprehend or imagine as, as a fan in the crowd, but as a player, genuinely not being able to communicate with someone who is a few meters away from you. That's what these girls and these players are going to be dealing with. And um, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty incredible experience for them. You know, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Let's get some quick fire predictions for you, Grace. Now I'll, I'll start off with, let's start off with the one team out of all the 32 teams that will surprise. Now, I'm not saying maybe we'll win, but maybe a country that will get out of the group stage, maybe get a sneaky quarterfinal. You know, we're thinking like a Morocco in the men's tournament last year. You know, that one country that you think might pull a Swifty and surprise people. I'm going to say the Philippines. Oh, I like it. Yeah. A lot of Australian yeah. connections to the Philippines, of course, too, isn't there? 
Yeah, of course. Um, former Matildas coach, Alan Stadjic, and the work he's done with that Philippine side, I think, is really exciting. Um, they're going to be well-drilled. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be prepared for every single one of their opposition in such a detailed manner. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they approach their group. Now, do, do I ask this sort of a question without notice, but is it out at the expense of Norway or New Zealand in that in that group, eh? I will say Norway's going to top that group. Okay. And the rest is a process of elimination, Ben. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll leave our friends across the ditch to uh, to process that one. Uh, Matilda's in Canada. How how are they going to go? Uh, I mean, I think I know the answer for this, given, as I said, I sat down with you in a room about a week ago yep. and you gave this answer. So I don't think brace yourself, like Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at least Matilda's think, in. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like me for this answer, Ben. Yeah, I, I think I think the Matildas will top the group. And as you've alluded, and as I've suggested previously, I think Ireland are going to be a real curveball. Um, and I think they're going to take that second spot Oof. in the group. Sorry, Sorry. Colin, Sorry. if you're listening to this, he's, he's, he's going to throw a chair again. But I mean, on that though, do you think Matildas obviously have never made it past the quarterfinals? They made the semis of the Olympics a couple of years ago, ultimately finished fourth. But can they make the semis this time around, do you think? Yeah, they can. Um, and the Matildas... This squad, this year, this cycle, they genuinely have uh, depth in the group of players that they've selected that could go on to win the entire thing. Ooh. So, yes, they can definitely get to the semis, make it out as a quarters. Um, I've got a lot of confidence in in this 23-player squad that we've we've got before us. Well, that leads me to the final question then, and we'll, I guess, find out whether you think they're going to make it past <laughs> the semis or not. not. Give me your, your prediction for the final and then who's winning that final. Man, I've been asked this question a lot in recent weeks, and I think it's probably changed most times, depending on how I'm feeling or, or what squad I've seen come out on that on that day. So, yes, I think the Matildas can win. Whether or not they will go on to do so, I don't. I don't know how to convince myself of it, but I think I think we could see USA back in the mix. Mm-hmm. It could be a USA Matildas final. Well, that'd be good which would be huge. Yeah. Um, but I've also got a hot eye on both Germany and France. And this is me sitting on the fence, not giving you an answer because <laughs> as I said, my answer changes every single day. If the Matildas don't win the world cup, I think Germany will. Oh, well, you, you, you made me happy, you know, not okay. the Canada well, side of things, okay. but the Germany <laughs> side of things that, it, All right. that, at least, that at least takes it there. We are so looking forward to it, of course, starting next week. Channel 7, as we said, we'll have uh, all the Matildas games. You'll be able to hear Grace alongside David commentating all of those. And then, of course, 15 key matches. They've got the quarters, the semis, and, of course, the main final that is happening on August the 20th. And hopefully we will have Grace commentating uh, not only on the final. We know you'll be commentating the final, of course, but the Matildas in that very game. Grace, pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us on Off the Podium today. Thanks so much, Ben. Really appreciate your time. That's actually not funny. Thanks, Grace. Um, but where's the Colin club? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't be bothered doing that. Um, Colin, she doesn't think Canada are making it out of the group. Do you have anything to say to Grace today? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that she commented on uh, the amount of our players who are out injured right now. Um, sure. Or maybe not. That's the reason. Yes, let's just say that. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say we're making another group, so I don't know how much further we're going to go. Oh, spoiler. That. We're not there yet, Colin. Um, come on. Do you want to give us a well, crack? we are now. Give us a crack of that word, Colin, while you're here. I, I, I will. Uh, I think that the proper way to pronounce that 
would be uh when this opens properly. <laughs> uh oh, cheating. Wow. <laughs> Lazy. Uh And that's exactly the way I wanted to pronounce it. So I win. You actually got a real Maori. You rang up a Maori while we we're on talking to Grace. You're like, "G'day, mate. Um can you say this word for me?" "Oh, sure, bro." And then boom. There you go. That was Nick. That was actually Nick. <laughs> I'm so glad we just got a Kiwi on the phone. You know, I actually do. I have the ability. I could call him right now. It's only midnight for him. I'm sure he'd love that. Uh, Jared, I don't even need to ask you to say it anymore now, do I? Jared, Colin just cheated and ruined that segment. No, not, not, a, not after that. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to show up an actual Maori. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Colin. That's just unfair. All right. I'm going to find that Welsh town, like the longest one in the world. And I'm going to get you to say that without a Welsh person to say that. Just on that, great to have Grace on the show. But Channel 7, of course... Our good friends, Channel 7. We're not going to be talking about them much anymore, are we? Because they don't have the Olympics anymore. I've worked for them now. I don't know what I'm allowed to say legally. But um, they're hosting the majority, well, all the Matildas games and a lot of the other finals. Optus Sport in Australia will show all the games. Jared, I don't, like, it's interesting because Channel 7, not really a football slash soccer network. I think outside of a random Manchester United versus A-League's All-Stars game about 10 years ago, I don't ever recall them ever having soccer ever. So I don't know how it's going to, I mean, they've basically gotten all the Australian soccer talent. So, you know, David Bashir commentating with grace. So you've got them on the ground there as well, but Bruce is hosting. He's not commentating. I'm sad, Bruce. I want to hear Bruce, you know, Oh, it's a lovely pass here by Sam Kerr. Isn't it really special stuff? Like that would be fantastic. Mel McLaughlin, of course, she's involved. Emma Friedman, good friend, good friend of the show. She's on the ground, but how are you feeling about channel seven? Cause I, I just, I don't know how I feel about them hosting soccer. It doesn't feel right, does it? Mm. Like if it's if it's not going to be on SBS, I feel like women's soccer, the home of women's soccer, should be like ten. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, they've got obviously the women's A League, so mm. yeah, Paramount Plus. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's. I mean, Optus obviously does a decent job. They've had World Cups before. We just don't talk about how bad the men's one went in twenty eighteen. But I believe they had the. I think SBS had the twenty nineteen women's World Cup. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That Colin, who has the World Cup for you guys? We we got TSN, which is like our big sports. Same network. as the men's, right? They had the the, the men's World yeah. Cup too. Is it a I case are they the showing all the games, or are they just showing the Canadian games? No, they're showing all of them. But uh, I guess the big question will be whether, like the men's World Cup, if they actually put some of them on CTV, like our actual primetime network, uh, which got record breaking ratings. And I'm going to assume it'll be similar for the women's World Cup. So. Uh, that hasn't been revealed yet. But, I mean, if CTV picks it up, then you know it's a big deal. It's obviously going to be a bit of a skew-if timing for you because I know that the Americans are playing in New Zealand and I think pretty much all the games have been warranted to help become prime time for the US because America controls the world. But I'm just seeing here that uh, you oh, your first game's not too bad. It's 12.30 in the afternoon for us here in Australia on a Friday. So if you're in Melbourne, get along and watch Canada and Nigeria play. So that'll be at like 9.30 p.m. for you. That's not too bad on a Thursday night. Uh, then the game against Ireland will be at 5 a.m. for you. So maybe you can you can recall with us and get up and watch it afterwards. And then the game against Australia, also 5 a.m. for you. So, <laughs> I mean, would you rather a 5 a.m. or like a 2 a.m.? I don't know. You, you, you get up at yeah. weird hours. You're weird. I... I'd rather 5 a.m. because uh, I'm 
I wake up and I don't have to work for a couple hours, so I can excuse myself as long as the kids aren't, I don't know, picking any locks and the dog isn't eating things off the counter. <laughs> I've got peace to watch it, so that's a perfect time for me. I was going to ask the random question about Jamie in this situation because I know Jamie's love of sports probably just comes from, oh, take their shirts off, they're sexy. I don't know how that equates to women's sport. Um, I mean, if she's into that, good for her. She's a modern <laughs> woman. But, like, has she got any thoughts or opinions on the Women's World Cup or doesn't give a shit? so far her knowledge of it is I've said, we're going to be recording an episode on it this morning. So I don't know if she was aware that it was one. And based on the fact that she chose to watch a shirtless Chris over Australia and Nigeria a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, I don't know how much she's going to be watching. Maybe she, I mean, if Canada does well, she might get excited. National pride loves her country. She re- she really does. I think that's about uh, time now for another fun fact about New Zealand. Uh, Wellington is the most southerly capital in the world. Cool. I mean, I'm offended. Hobart's the capital of Tasmania. I think we're technically for that. You mean national capital here? The planet D.com. Um, a fun fact about where we're to in Australia. Uh, Australia has three times more sheep than people. That's a New Zealand fact. Come on. We don't, we don't do other things with them. Uh, the same fact on a different website. Number five, there are five sheep for every resident in New Zealand. Just copying and pasting it. You're just Colin Hilding. You're just being lazy. <laughs> Do another work here. Um, I should you this fact. The largest Greek population in the world outside of Athens can be found in Melbourne, in Australia, if you didn't know where that was. There you go. Um, <laughs> number six, New Zealand pioneered women's suffrage, which is women getting the vote, by the way. It's not like, hey, we're New Zealand. Every woman should suffer. Um, when, when did they get the vote? Uh, I don't know, last year probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pioneers. Uh, they got the vote in 1893. So uh, that that's a long time ago. Good job. Well done, New Zealand. Uh, all of, and a, <laughs> This actually works very well with the New Zealand facts. <laughs> An Australian man once tried to sell New Zealand on eBay. Sorry, that was me. Um, <laughs> Now, come on, Canada. You've never done that to America because you're afraid. You're afraid of America. We're just like, ah, fuck off, New Zealand. Uh, we're putting you... Was that... Was that Jared, you sneakily were involved in that with me too, weren't you? Come on. You know it. And you know, you know it did. They put a reserve on it and didn't even meet it. Um, let's do this one. Oh, I knew this one. I've been up this street. Dunedin has the world's steepest street. Baldwin Street. If you're ever in Dunedin... Pretty much the only tourist attraction in Dunedin. There, I mean, there are World Cup games in Dunedin. We'll talk about that. Um, but it, it is pretty hard. I've walked up that street. Uh, the Australian the Alps. Vertical ladder. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> the Australian Alps receive more snowfall than Switzerland. There you go. I didn't even know that one. Didn't know we had Alps, but sure. Um, so what we do now is this is the, the bread and butter of the episode. We're going to go through each of the groups, go through each of the countries, but mainly this is our prediction section. So if you listen to our Men's World Cup preview Last year, we go through each group, each of the countries, we each give a bit of a vibe, and then we each rank from one to four. And then after that, we will go through who our knockouts are and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the way we're releasing these episodes, we're not doing it quite like we did with the Men's World Cup where we did one weekly, sort of more of a sporadic release date to these. So there will be some of these predictions in the knockout phase that Jared, Colin, and I will discuss privately. You won't get to see it, you listener. So we will, you have to trust us. I mean, I mean, Colin cheats. We know that he just, Oh, I'm going to get a Maori on the phone. Um, so they're doing my predictions too. I'm going to call them up now. <laughs> Keep getting back on the line. Oh, bro. <laughs> I think Switzerland are going to do great. 
Um, so just some brief things and everything. And I just, I want to say, if you're in Australia and probably New Zealand too, they probably sell it. Jared, if you're your local big W, you can buy yourself the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup official guide now available. It's a little book. Uh, so, I mean, I can, I can tell you some exciting facts if you want me along the way, you know, so Zambia, I can tell you about Barbara Banda. She's a Ford. She plays for Zambia. She's a genuine star. That's what it says. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's real because it's in their FIFA Women's World Cup official guide. There you go. That's, I don't need my fun facts from uh, these stupid websites. Uh, let's start with Group A. Traditionally, the host group, and obviously if there's two hosts, so Australia don't get in this group, we get in the group of death. So instead, they give New Zealand the possibly easier group. So in this group, we have New Zealand. Go New Zealand. The hosts, co-hosts, they uh, have five sheep to... The people, and we learned that fact on the show. You're welcome. Uh, Norway, Philippines, and Switzerland. So this is an interesting group. I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this one. Philippines making their debut at this World Cup, coached by an Australian former coach of the Matildas, if you don't mind, in Alan Stagic. So a bit of a, an Australian connection to that one there. New Zealand have never won a game at the Women's World Cup. So I don't know if you two knew that to put in the back of your mind. But the opening game of the tournament is at Eden Park, their biggest stadium, Norway against New Zealand. They are on track to break the record football crowd in the country, not just for women, but for men as well. 37,000 is the biggest ever attendance I've ever had at a men's or women's football game. It was a men's game. So they could beat that. So New Zealand, they're getting on board. They're loving it. They're loving it. It's like sheep. It's like Eden Park. Come to a sheep show. Oh, oh, there's women playing football. We'll watch it. So that's what they're doing. Let's start with you, Colin. How, how, your thoughts on these countries and, and how, give me the order. How do you think this is going to go? Uh, so my thought is New Zealand, the home advantage is uh, going to play very well for them. Um, not well enough for them to go out number one because I have them at number two. So I got Norway as number one. New Zealand is two. I really wanted to put Philippines as three because fun fact about Winnipeg, there is about one uh, Canadian for every five Filipinos in Winnipeg. That's pretty much our population here. So I can imagine how this city would explode if Philippines actually made it out. But uh, I'm, I'm going to play it safe here and go Switzerland third and Philippines fourth. But I'll be pulling for Philippines because I think I'm obligated to based on uh, the majority of the population in Winnipeg. Well, I don't know if you want the city to explode. I mean, that's I mean a bit of an improvement. <laughs> You You've go. been to Winnipeg. <laughs> Unfortunately, multiple times. <laughs> By choice as well. <laughs> Jared, your beloved Norway are here. Um, give that wolf a banana because they're on board. Yeah. Here you go. King of the Queens and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, Norway? Former winners of the World Cup. 1995 won the World Cup. So uh, there's a fun fact for you. And that's a Ben. I don't have the sound effect, but yep, there you go. Yeah, I think Norway's sitting pretty here. I um, she Queen of the Kings is probably it's it's fitting because um, I am in full agreement with Colin here. I've said Norway, New Zealand to make it out, then Switzerland and Philippines rounding out the group. Oh, I like I like this uh, you two collaborating behind my back. I feel offended, but um, <laughs> sure. But I'm actually I'm loving the New Zealand love because in all the predictions, doesn't matter whoever I've seen or heard or anything like that, no one has given New Zealand a chance. It's usually oh. just Norway and, and Switzerland or Norway and the Philippines. But there is a fact for you, another fact, I'm, I'm full of them today, that no host of the Women's World Cup has ever been eliminated before the quarterfinals. 
But I will also say that no host of the Women's World Cup has made it past the quarterfinals unless you are the USA. So um, there's a couple of things there for you. Um, I am on board with exactly the same except for there's two positions that I'm swapping around. So I'm saying Norway and New Zealand will make it through in the same positions, first and second. But I've got the Philippines finishing third. I'm letting Winnipeg, Winnipeg explode and Switzerland, the ever neutral country that they're just there and just so neutral. Um, there is a player for Switzerland, though, who has more Instagram followers than Roger Federer. And who is it? Um, just type it into guys. <laughs> I, I hear it every day at work, but do you think I remember? No. Um, not Talmada <laughs> Wacky Tangy hung up. <laughs> oh, there you go, featuring Mole Rat. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, group B, the group of death. And we haven't really touched on the fact we're here to talk about Australia, we're here to talk about Canada. We haven't really touched on the fact that they're both in the same group which makes it very interesting and very feisty for the fact that we will play each other in that final game. Now, so much around this group. Ireland, first of all, it's their very first World Cup. The first time that an Irish team has made a senior World Cup, men or women, in more than 20 years. The men did it back in 2002. No, they haven't done it since. And the women, this is their first time ever in the World Cup. They knocked out Scotland, if you don't mind, in a playoff to get here. So uh, very big rivals there. Nigeria... Uh, kind of the queens of Africa. They've, they've been around for quite some time, quarterfinals in 1999. But then you look at Australia and Canada. Australia have only ever made it to a quarterfinals in a World Cup. They've done that a couple of times. Canada made it to the semifinals back in 2003, ultimately finished fourth. So they've at least uh, made it that far. But the reigning Olympic champions and uh, Australia, the reigning fourth place Olympic champions. So we're very proud about that. Group of death. This is, to me, the group of death. There's always a group of death at the World Cup. This is it. Let's start with you, Jared. How's this going? Can Australia make it through? And is Grace right or wrong? Are Canada making it out of this group? Look, I'm I'm a bit nervous, and I feel like the further we get into the tournament, almost the better we'll play. Like I'm, I feel like I'm more worried about uh, the group stage than the knockout, which I suppose we'll get to later. But um, I disagree with Grace. I think Canada's top in the group. Ooh. Um, and then I've got Australia in second, Ooh. Uh, Ireland third, Ooh. and then Nigeria fourth. Oh, poor Nigeria. I'm actually, look, this is a tricky one for me too, because I'm sorry, Grace, I disagree with you too. I think Australia and Canada are making it out of the group. But part of me actually wants Australia to lose to Canada because that means if Canada top the group, they will play around a 16 game in Sydney that I have tickets to. And otherwise, <laughs> unless Canada make it further into the tournament, I won't get to see them live. So <laughs> I'm being selfish but Ben Waterworth reasons for that. But uh, I'll just jump in quickly, Colin. I, yeah, I've got Australia topping. Uh, I'm not going to go with my what I want. I still think Australia will top the group. Hometown, I mean, they're going to have 80,000 people in that first game against Ireland. They're going to also sell out in Brisbane and they're going to sell out in Melbourne as well. So uh, it's going to be uh, massive there. Yeah, I've got Canada making it through. I know there's injuries and Ireland are a bit plucky, but uh, I, I think they'll still make it through. And I've got Ireland third, Nigeria fourth. So I've got... Exactly the same as you, Jared, except I've swapped Australia and Canada around. Colin, all right, bring the national pride to the table. Come on, what are you what are you doing here? Um, I'm agreeing with Ben. Uh, I think I think the uh, the home advantage is uh gonna give Australia a boost. So I have Australia's first, Canada's second, uh Ireland is third, and then Nigeria. There you go. Look at that. And just to uh clarify for those playing at home, uh each one of these that we get correct, we get a point, and each one we get incorrect, we get nothing. So um, that's how it works on this show. 
Uh, group C, we have Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan. Now, Spain, one of the favourites. They've uh, never won a Women's World Cup before. Had a bit of troubles in that team this year. We saw them live, remember, this year, Jared? That was a, what, a, what a great mandate. Fun time. Fun. We bonded at the Cup of Nations. We, we got a fridge magnet. A mascot. What a time to be alive. Uh, but Australia spanked them. We, we absolutely met three goals in like two seconds, wasn't it? We just let them have two at the end. Because, ah, whatever, Spain, you know, let, let's give you something. Uh, Costa Rica, Zambia, who just knocked off Germany in the last couple of days, if you don't mind, making their debut. And Japan, who arguably had the most famous of all World Cup wins back in 2011, knocking off the USA, if you don't mind, in that famous penalty shootout. Then went on to lose the next final in 2015. So an interesting group. To me, there's there's two clues. I'll, I'll start with this one. I mean, Spain and Japan are going through. I think that one's just a pretty easy one. So I've got Spain topping the group, Japan second, Costa Rica third and Zambia fourth. Colin. Uh, we differ on our three and four. I also have Spain one and Japan two, but I'm going Zambia three and Costa Rica four. Oh, <laughs> was that a double or seven episode where I literally edited it? Ooh, after every, Ooh. that took two. I'm not doing that again. Um, <laughs> Jared. I'm flipping around the top two. I've got Japan Topping the group, then Spain, then Costa Rica, then Zambia. All right. So it says, Colin, you've got, sorry, refresh my memory. Colin, you said Zambia three, Costa Rica four. Yeah. And Jared, who did you just say last? Zambia last. Okay, cool. I've got, I'm typing and listening. I'm a man. I can only do one thing at once, right? So we'll go to the knockout. So (laughs) I'll just fill in these sections first and then I'll do that after Ben. Good job. Uh, Group D. England, Haiti, Denmark, China, England, the reigning European champions. Denmark, haven't been in a World Cup since 2007, but Scandinavia and women's football go together like Scandinavia and Eurovision. They just love each other. Uh, You've got Haiti, who are in their very first ever World Cup, and China, powerhouses, uh, former finalists of the Women's World Cup, maybe dropped off a little bit slightly over the years, but still always a, a big powerhouse in women's football. Let's start with you, Jared, here. How is this going to go for you? I think this is one where it's going to be really close between kind of second and third. Uh, but I've said England to top the group, then Denmark, then China, then Haiti. Colin. I also picked England as number one, although I'm picking China to go through second and then Denmark and then Haiti. I've got the same as Jared. I've got England, Denmark, Haiti, uh, China and Haiti. So uh, there you go. I don't Haiti the Haiti. Um, <laughs> that's that's a shit joke. I don't, I don't want to play Collins. <laughs> Even Ben objects to playing that now. <laughs> I want I want to call it. Oh, Ben, that's a shit joke. Boo. Um, <laughs> Group E, USA. Uh, what a powerhouse! They're aiming to become the uh, first World Cup team, men or women, to win three consecutive World Cups. They're aiming to get their fifth Women's World Cup, which would equal the Brazilian men's team as most ever World Cups won at a senior World Cup tournament. They are the absolute dominant force in women's football. Reigning champions, of course. Reigning two-times champions. That's why they're going for three, Ben. That's how that works. Also in this group, the Netherlands, who they beat in the final four years ago. This is the first ever time that the there will be a final rematch in the group stage. Um, Portugal making their World Cup debut, make, believe it or not. Uh, dominant force in uh, world football. They've never made a Women's World Cup before, so uh, good luck to them. And then we also have Vietnam also making their debut. USA playing Vietnam in this group. I don't see any problems with that. They've never had a history, so um, that, should, that should be fine. 
<laughs> but uh, I mean, this might be one of the easiest ones to predict, uh, Colin. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I made a couple of bold predictions, and this uh, is one of my... Vietnam, yeah, nah, Tommy, the group. <laughs> not, not my number one. I obviously predicted USA to top, but I'm actually going Portugal as the, uh, my number two. Look at you and go. Ne Netherlands three and Vietnam four. Wow. Wow. I thought you were going to say that Viet once again, the USA can't beat Vietnam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> war jokes. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> what was that Don't name? Again? The war. What was that name again? <laughs> Took a tiki waka waka uh, <laughs> featuring Mallrat. Uh Jared. Uh I have gone hard overhead here. So the Netherlands are, are topping the group because yeah, they're my second favorite team, obviously. Wow. Um then the US, then Portugal, then Vietnam. Wow, USA. This is where this is where we're gonna break apart in our predictions. Yeah, I think the world's gonna break ben, apart. Pick Vietnam, pick Vietnam. <laughs> Well, it's not fun anymore that I've ruined the joke. Um, I'd I love if Vietnam end up winning this World Cup right now. If Vietnam win this World Cup, I will tattoo the Vietnamese flag on my face. Uh, <laughs> that clip could not possibly come back to haunt me. Um, <laughs> they are not winning this World Cup. Um, yeah, USA number one, Netherlands number two, Portugal number three, Vietnam number four. So, <laughs> oh, shit, I could be in trouble. Uh, all right, Group F. Uh, France, Jamaica. No, she did it herself. Uh, Brazil and Panama. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that joke wasn't even funny in Cool Runnings. Um, Brazil and Panama. So, uh, I mean, you think of this one. France, Brazil, world powerhouses in football. France, one of the favourites coming into this tournament. Brazil, but neither of them have ever won a Women's World Cup. France or Brazil. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Jamaica, decent. Uh, they they were the first ever Caribbean nation to make a Women's World Cup four years ago. And Panama making their debut. So, uh, interesting one here. I'll jump in. France, number one. Which, can I just say, I've got tickets, I think, to two of the French games. And... Who would have ever thunk it like eight, seven years ago where I'm all like, boo, France, France, you suck. I'm on the France train. I'm all French. I'm, I mean, I've got I'm going to the Olympics next year in France. You know, I've got, I've got to suck up to them now. So um, I'd like to formally apologize to the nation of France for everything that I ever said on this show because you are now my friends. And go les femmes. I don't know what they're called, their team. Like that that's French for the females, isn't it? So les femmes. Isn't it? That's that's accurate. That yes, wasn't that's accurate. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if they would pick that as their name. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go the females. Uh, <laughs> you can do it for France. Um I, I hope there's a I hope that we get a star breakout with an Mbappe name. I wanna I wanna rap from this team going on. Uh France are top in this group, Brazil will be second, Jamaica will be third, and Panama will be fourth. Jared. Uh flip around the first two and then we agree. Ooh. So I've said yeah, Brazil, France, Jamaica, Panama. Ooh. ooh. Colin. I, I'm with Jared. I had Brazil, France, Jamaica, Panama. Well, there you go. All right. Look at you go. Just teaming up again. Good for you. Uh, Group G, our, our, let's be honest, Jared, you and I have a real soft spot for the Swedes. We, we were there in Tokyo. We were watching that. We were, we were on board and we were saying how much they just always lose in women's football. And they just do. They always end up getting like second or third. So if there's one nation of like the four teams that I would basically be supporting, or five, I had France in there, uh, that I would like to see win, it would be Sweden because they're due. They're due for one. Uh, but they're up against uh, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina, which on paper, if you look at this, if this was a men's World Cup and you had Sweden, Italy, and Argentina in a group together, that is a group of death. 
But unfortunately for women's football, both Italy and Argentina, not quite on the same level as it is for the men's, but also South Africa too, not to discount what South Africa are capable of in football. I'll start with you, Colin. Sweden, South Africa, Italy, Argentina. This is the only group, by the way, that does not have a debutante in it. Uh, I mean, my family is Swedish uh, on my dad's side, so I'm obligated to pick them as number one. Uh, and then I'm going Italy, two, South Africa, three, Argentina, four. Oh, okay. Poor old Argentina. You can win a men's World Cup. You're going to be last in the Women's World Cup. Good for you, Argentina. Jared? I mean, Sweden, obviously, top of the group. Uh, then Italy, Argentina, and South Africa. Same for me. I've got exactly the same order for that one as well. Oh, just teaming up against me again. Oh, suck it up. I'm also, like, quarter Swedish, Colin. So... Oh, we could be cousins. Oh, I hope so. As a Tasmanian, that makes me fall in love with you. So that's uh, <laughs> get on board with that. Uh, and Group H, you know I'm going to love this group because it's Germany. I'm not actually wearing my Germany shirt. I'm wearing my Canada shirt, but uh, sure. But uh, Germany, Morocco, Colombia, South Korea. Can Morocco in their first Women's World Cup do what the men did last year and uh, go on a bit of a fairy tale run? Who knows? We'll find out. Colombia, of course, uh, powerhouse in, in men's football, do pretty well. But uh, they've uh, only ever made it to the round of 16 in the Women's World Cup back in Canada in 2015. And when it comes to South Korea, they've also made the round of 16 in that very same tournament too. So um, Germany, for me, will easily top this group. One of the favorites, world number two. Uh, Colombia, I will say, will go through. This one's, I think, the trickiest one for me is this one is for who will finish second. Uh, this one's probably out of all the groups, the hardest to pick. Just the, There's a clear favorite in the other ones. Uh, South Korea will be third and Morocco will be fourth. Jared. I said Germany, then South Korea in second, Colombia third, and Morocco fourth. Colin. All right. This is uh, one of my other bold predictions. Uh, Don't. I'm definitely going Germany oh, is number phew. one. <laughs> fucking hell. But uh, I I think because of Morocco and the men's, I think the women are going to have something to prove. So I'm picking Morocco as oh, second. And okay. then South Korea, and then Colombia fourth. Never underestimate Morocco, as I think we all did during the, uh, the World Cup in the men's one last year. All right, so that obviously we'll, we'll be able to firmly know the point system after that. So this is now where we do the fantasy side of things. We've almost all got our little alternate matchups in the knockout rounds here. So if I'm not mistaken, because it's, it's also not the same format that the men's World Cup do, so they slightly alter in terms of the groups who match each other. So we've got the first round of 16 game will be A1 versus C2. So, if I'm not mistaken, that will be, for me, will be Norway and Japan. For Colin, it will also be Norway versus Japan. And for Jared, it will also be Norway. No, you had Spain second, didn't you? Okay, I've got that wrong on that list there. So, uh, Norway versus Spain. Uh, who is winning? I'm going to say, I'll jump in first and say Norway will beat Japan. Uh, Colin, who will win between Norway and Japan in your lovely little bracket? I had the same thing, Norway. Okay. Uh, Norway, Spain for you, Jared. Clean sweep, Norway. Oh, Norway, king of the queens, queen of the kings. (laughs) Give that wolf a banana. Uh, All right. So in our next group, it is E1 versus G2. So we should all have, oh, no, we don't all have USA across the board. Because uh, that means that... Who's got Netherlands? That's that's Jared, isn't it? You one-eyed Dutchy. Uh, is that an appropriate word? Can I say... D- Dutchy's fine, isn't it? 
Uh, if, if this episode doesn't go to air, we know it's not. Uh, and we all had Italy second, didn't we? So, okay, so I've got USA Italy. Colin's got USA Italy. Jared's got Netherlands Italy. Um, USA are winning that game for me, Colin. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm guessing Same. the Dutch are winning. <laughs> yeah. Jared, all right. Uh, so then we have C1 versus A2. So that means then that... We all have New Zealand in second. Uh, Colin and I have Spain. Jared has Japan. That's correct. Yes. All right. Uh, I've got Spain beating New Zealand. I, I, I think this is the first time a host will not make a quarterfinals, but at least on that side of the Dutch. The other team will come yeah. soon. Jared, you can go first. Japan or New Zealand? Uh, Japan. Oh, come on, Colin. Any love for the, the five sheep per person? Uh, I'd I'd love to, but I'm gonna be smart and go speak. You know what? I'm, I just just to be different. Oh, I'm gonna go New Zealand. Hey, shimmy time! I, I gotta start break apart from Ben here. You know, you know what? I'm playing a sheep now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick's sound when he comes on the show. <laughs> Yes. That's his attempt to pronounce the Tawaki That That is sheep for Tucky Waka Wiki Wiki Waka Waka Woo Woo Wild Wild West. Um, so that's a Will Smith song, isn't it? Oh, the jokes are fun. <laughs> They're flowing here, right, Colin? <laughs> oh, good one, Ben. Oh, comedy goals from Ben Waterworth. Oh, that is my favorite sound clip ever. Um, G1 versus E2. So G1 was Sweden across the board for all of us. IKEA is very popular in this game. And E2 will be, of course, the esteemed nations of Netherlands for Colin and I and the USA for Jared. Is that correct? Uh, I have Sweden and Portugal. Uh, what am I looking at here? Group. Hang on. What are we? E2? Oh, you do have Portugal because you're weird. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's rephrase that Sweden versus Netherlands for me Sweden versus Portugal for Colin Sweden versus the USA for Jared um, um, is that all good? are we all, are we happy with that? look at us having different uh, round of 16 no one had Sweden versus Vietnam I'm confused <laughs> tattoo is coming uh, Sweden will beat the Dutch sorry Jared uh, Jared who's winning between the Sweden and USA? Uh, goodbye America Whoa! Sweden <laughs> okay fun fact USA have never not made it to the semifinals of a Women's World Cup, so that would be a boil over. I think America would blow up. Huh? No, that's not the same. Uh, Sweden or Portugal? <laughs> Colin? Uh, I'd love to continue to go for Portugal, but again, gonna gonna play it for my my forefathers, Sweden. <laughs> Your forefathers. All right. Um, that's that's a movie that I'd like also to see. approximately how many husbands my mom had. Uh, was that meant to be a one of them? Um, get yes, off the, no, get, where's the <laughs> get off the car, mum. Um, <laughs> so B one versus D two. So this will be Australia and Australia for Colin and myself, and Canada for Jared. And D two for me will be Denmark. D two for Colin will be the Mighty Ducks. Um, no, anyone? Bueller. <laughs> Colin got the joke, and. Um, why do I go so high with a funny one and then I just go right to the bottom with like the shit ones? Like I'm like one for seven right now. Balance. Um, and Jared, you've got Denmark as well. So, uh, Jared, Canada, Denmark. Canada. I, 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 I really hope that is the round of 16 because I will be at that game and that would make me happy. Uh, Colin, Australia, China. Uh, Australia. I will have Australia beating Denmark. Princess Mary will not be happy. 
So, uh, yes, we saw that in the Men's World Cup. We beat Denmark. We're going to do it in the Women's World Cup as well. Round of 16, game F1 versus H2. So, uh, F1 across the board. Uh, no, I had France. You both had Brazil. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yes. I just, I, was, I was just concerned that I got that wrong because I don't really listen to you two half the time. Uh, and H2, uh, we also all had someone different for this one too, didn't we? So, Colin, you had Morocco and Jared, you had Korea. Uh, and I had Colombia. So I've got France beating Colombia in that game. Uh, Colin, who do you have between Brazil and Morocco? I got Brazil. You've got Brazil and Jared, Brazil or Korea? Also Brazil. Alrighty. Go Brazil. Uh, in our penultimate round of 16 game, it is D1 versus B2. We all have England in the D1 spot and we all have Canada except for Jared who has Australia. So... England, Canada, Colin, who is winning? Uh, this is why I said Canada will make it up the group stage, but not make it further because it's going to be England. I have exactly the same result, and I hope I'm wrong because I do hope that Canada can knock out England. Uh, England, Australia, the Ashes. <laughs> Jared, how's that? We're going to get some baseball. We're going to oh, get some it. walking out of the crease. Like, what's going to happen there? So not in the spirit of the game. Yeah, I'll suck it up, um... England. Shut up. <laughs> get over it. He walked. He <laughs> It was out anyway. The ball wasn't dead. Um, Colin loves all those jokes. He finds them hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Comedy goal from Ben Waterworth. <laughs> uh, the other one was better. Uh, who's winning, Jared? Uh, Australia. Hey, piss off England. Walk back to the sheds. <laughs> um, and so H1, we've obviously all got Jomini in the H1 position. And in F2, I have gotten Brazil and you both have Lefems. The females. <laughs> Germany, Brazil. I've got Germany beating Brazil. Sorry, Brazil, but I'm picking Germany because I'm also slightly biased. Germany, I mean, these are all potentially great matchups. If Germany are playing Brazil or France in the round of 16, uh, lock up everyone because that's going to be a fun ride. Uh, Jared, Germany or France? I have the uh, Fraulein's beating the Femmes. Oh, all right. Uh, Colin? I have the Nazis beating the French resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? I think we need, <laughs> we need one of those like human resource people who like check if things appropriate or not. Um, yeah, what did I say? Dutchies and um, <laughs> casual Nazi reference. I think Dutchies gets a pass after that. Yeah, I think <laughs> Dutchies is very appropriate. Um, <laughs> wow. I I'll tell you one thing. When I came into this episode today, I expected a few things. Not a Nazi reference. So um, expect the unexpected on Off the Podium. That's all I can say. That, there's a tagline for us when we're on TikTok. What's the new one? Threads? Are we on Threads yet? Threads, yeah. What is, is Threads just Twitter for Instagram? It's Instagram's version of Twitter. Basically, Mark Zuckerberg is gone. You suck, Elon Musk. I'm starting my own. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yes. All right. So, okay. This is where it will get a little bit tricky. So you might have to bear with me here for a second. So 49 versus 51. So this is, we all picked Norway. So that one's pretty simple there. And then the other one is the USA, Italy or the Netherlands, Italy game, depending on who we are. So Colin and I both have the USA and Jared, you have the Netherlands. So that quarterfinal will be, uh, Jared, Norway or the Netherlands? Who's winning that one? That's a tough uh, one for you. The Netherlands. All right. You got the Dutch on a, on a right here. Colin, Norway or the USA? I got the Confederates over the Queen of Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to appease to our American overlords. Uh, they will continue their semifinal streak. 
Uh, but deep down, I mean, I love the Americans, but if they went out the round of 16, sure. Give it a bit. Open it up. That's that's what the Nazi said to France, wasn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> two Nazis. You've opened up a door here, Colin. Stop it. <laughs> Vietnam War references were bad enough, but now we're into the Nazis. What's next? The Boer War? Uh, <laughs> underrated war, if you ask me. Um, uh, next. <laughs> what? Coming off the podium, we rank the wars. <laughs> French Revolution? Shit. Overrated. <laughs> Great Emu War? Amazing. Should be always at the top. Um, Go bear pigs. <laughs> Go bear pigs. Oh, God. Uh, uh, this one. So match 50, match uh, winner of match 50 versus winner of match 52. So this is the one where I've got Spain playing Sweden, which means that Colin would have New Zealand in this game, if I'm not mistaken. And Jared would have Japan in this game. So there you go. That one's uh, quite wide open. Uh, and then that means that I would have Sweden. We all have Sweden in that game, don't we? Yes. Our, our listener is loving. This is why we're in the top six on the New York Times because we're just so entertaining when we count things live on air. Uh, I've got Sweden beating Spain. Sweden are through to the semifinals for me. Colin, New Zealand, Sweden. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Sweden. I, I, oh. I, I flipped around New Zealand just to... Peer uh, pressure him. <laughs> Fairy tale continue. Oh, brute. Oh, brute. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Japan, Sweden, another. That'd be another great game there. Jared? Uh, it will be a great game that uh, Sweden wins. Oh, look at this. The, the silver medalists are going to go for their silver medal. They, they know where to finish. Um, so our next game will be 53 versus 55. So for me, that is Australia versus La Femmes. I don't know why that's funny. Um, Colin, you will also is have... That... It's really not. Um, Colin, you have Australia and Jared, you're the only one who is uh, drinking the Canadian Kool-Aid. So you've got them through there. And for the rest of us, I have France. You two have Brazil. Brazil. I'm rapping it now. Brazil. Uh, I've got Australia beating France. Matilda's into the semi-finals, if you don't mind. Colin, Australia versus Brazil. Uh, I'm going to go with Brazil. Oh, I think you guys boo. are on the same spot the New Zealand is, which is just appropriate. Change it, change it, change it. <laughs> I'll play more rat if you don't change it. Uh, Canada versus Brazil. Jared, what's happening here? Uh, Brazil's going through. Oh, you two are on the Brazil train. I, I had them out the round of 16. There you go. Uh, so our last one, here's a big one. England versus Germany I've got. Oof, that's... Uh, talk about traditional rivals. That's uh, You can't get them any more traditional. That replay of the Euro finals last year that England's stupid idiots won. Uh, so on that side of things, we'd all have Germany in that one. And I think we'd all have England, except for Jared, because you've got us beating England. So this is Australia versus Germany for you and England versus Germany again for you, Colin. Let's start with you, Jared, this time around. Australia through to the yes. semis. Yes, <laughs> we're both on the semi train. I like it. Although I say that Germany are out. Uh, Colin, England or Germany? Uh, this is one of these where it's, it's so hard to pick. Uh, I feel like Ben will be much happier with me if I go with Germany. So I'm going to go with Germany. Oh, um, I like it when you make me happy, Colin. Post 1945 Germany now. <laughs> yeah, if this was 1945, no one would pick the Germans. It's like the Russians. You wouldn't even mention them on this show. Uh, all right, so the semifinals. I've got USA versus... So we've all... No, Colin and I have the USA. Jared has the Netherlands in this spot. And we all have Sweden in this spot. 
Let's start with Colin. USA versus Sweden. Uh, I wore Washington Capitals shirt. Uh, is the closest thing I have to represent the US here because they're going at least to the finals. I've sadly got the US beating Sweden too. Like I want Sweden to win so bad because I just want them to just go through. But uh, just it's I mean it's it's a cliche, Jared. Stop rolling your eyes. But USA <laughs> will be in the final. So uh, Netherlands, Sweden, Jared. Oh, you know, poor Sweden. The, the Dutch are going through. Oh, <laughs> wow. Back-to-back finals for, how do you say the females in Dutch? Fruity, fleety female. Um, the, the carrots. The, the, <laughs> is that actually true? Please tell me that's true. Oh, God, I'm so gullible. Um, <laughs> I've got, yeah, USA. So USA, USA, Netherlands. So in our second semifinal, I have got Australia. And you two have Brazil in that spot. But then in the other spot, I've got Germany. Colin has Germany. But Jared has Australia in the alternate spot. So uh, I've got Germany beating Australia. Sorry, Matildas, the fairy tale will end in the semis. But still, we will be proud of you. That's all I'll say. We'll go to penalties. We'll lose on penalties. Um, Jared, Brazil or Australia? Australia is hey! going through the final. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Kathy Freeman moment in Stadium Australia. It's going to happen again. Uh, Brazil, Germany, Colin. Uh, I would love to see Brazil make it to the finals, but uh, I'm going to play it smart and play it uh, on Ben's side here and go with Germany. Ooh, so you and I have the same final. Uh, USA, Germany, and Jared, a Netherlands, Australia <laughs> final. Why not? Uh, by, but- by the way... Uh, female in Dutch is Vrouchies. That sounds like you see like, woo, Vrouchies, <laughs> a woman. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's exactly where I think that was going. Sure. Um, <laughs> sounds like a type of cheese, funnily enough. Uh, let's start with a third place game, which uh, can I just say, somebody recently described this to me as it's like kissing your sister, to which I replied with, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Tasmanian jokes. <laughs> ben has them. Um <laughs> I have Australia versus Sweden. Colin has Sweden versus Brazil. Jared has Sweden versus Brazil. Jared, Sweden. Yeah, that's so- right. Sweden. Sweden's Sweden winning. <laughs> I'm telling you how to vote. Jared, you're voting for Sweden. Bossy. Well, just because of that, I'm going Brazil. <laughs> well, good for you both. Um, I'm going for Australia. Uh, so we've all got three different third place finishes there, which means the final. So... Jared has Netherlands, Australia. I have USA, Germany. Colin has USA, Germany. Just a quick reminder of who we all picked for the Men's World Cup. Jared and I both said from the very beginning that Argentina were going to win. Colin said Brazil. So Colin sucks at predicting soccer. But I've now got him in the same final as me, so I'm scared now that my prediction, he's just copying me because he saw that I won last time, but he doesn't copy Jared. Whereas if you listen to Euros Vision, Jared 98% of the time is better. I beat him this year, but we don't need to remind him that. USA, Germany final, Netherlands, Australia final. Colin, USA, Germany final. Who is winning? The Capitals. Ah, three in a row for the US. Look at the the one Canadian who's picking America. Like, Jesus, (laughs) no wonder Jamie doesn't want to be involved in this right now. Jared, I'm intrigued. You've got a very big final here for you right now. You've got your Dutch side versus your Australia side. What's going to happen? Is it going to be the Kathy Freeman moment or is it going to be the 
I don't think we've ever really had a second place moment in a big game at Stadium Australia. So let's make not... Is it going to be the, the Brisbane Broncos losing to the North Queensland Cowboys in Golden Point in 2015? There's a reference that Colin loves. Who's winning? Uh, it's going to be a Campbell sisters moment. Oh! Uh, so the Dutchies are going to win. Oh! oh Brouchies! <laughs> All the hype. The Campbell sisters are out there. Are we going to get Sam Kerr in the mix zone afterwards going, yeah, oh, I stuffed it up. To... <laughs> it's Does all it about me. they put one of the Campbells in the goal and that's what they lost it? <laughs> They're up 1-0, gets to uh, extra time, <laughs> stoppage time, and then the equaliser and then... Sam on, Kerr uh... own goal. Uh, <laughs> she's going to release a book like, like in three years' time called like My Sister's Journey. I don't know if Sam Kerr has a sister, but um, if she does, write a book together. Um, I like this because I've got Germany winning. We've all got different winners. I like this. I think the USA will come close, but I think Germany will win. I'm being completely biased there. Germany will win their third Women's World Cup. They are the only nation besides the US to win multiple Women's World Cups. And they're going to do it. They are the only country in the world to have won both the Men's and the Women's World Cup. So there you go, America. uh, But is America, would this be America's fourth? It would be their fifth overall. So oh, fifth. Okay. Third, so third they're still they're, they come out ahead whether they win or yeah, lose. They're, they're, they're going to leave this World Cup with the most World Cups. But uh, yeah, obviously Germany are the only ones who won. They've won two and every other nation who have won it in the past. So uh, you've had Norway win it. You've had uh, Japan win it. And I believe that is it. It is. There are only four countries that have won the Women's World Cup. So uh, we could have a new winner. England are out there. We should mention that the favourites in this going into this tournament are uh, USA, obviously, but they've got a lot of injuries. Uh, I feel like we should have done this at the top of the show, but hey, cool, here we are. We do things differently and off the podium. Um, England are very heavy favourites after winning the Euros. Germany are big favourites. Sweden, uh, Australia are getting talked about a little bit out there. Spain, France, Canada are sort of loosely on the edge there, but no one can discount the Olympic champions as well. So we'll see how all that plays out so what is happening now from this point on before i get some closing thoughts from both of you fine gentlemen is that we won't be back next week to talk about this weekly as i said we will be back to talk about the women's world cup after the group stage so we will have a couple of weeks away from this come back for the group stage do a review of that then we'll give some round of 16 predictions and then we will sort of alternate a little bit so we're doing four in total for the world cup so not weekly like we did for the men's world cup next week we will have an interview with a handball player, Caleb Garn, again, who is a Australian handball player, obviously not an Olympian, but plays for the Australian national handball team. So it's an Olympic sport, and we learn a lot about the sport of handball in this great country. Of course, we spoke to Haven a couple of months ago about handball in Canada. So now it's turn to learn a little bit about that. And the one that I'm excited about, in two weeks' time, believe it or not, it'll be a year to go, a year to go, till Fergie Ferguson behind me is... Every French person in the world has got him on his hand because it's the Paris Olympics are nearly a year away. In two weeks, it will be a year. So we will do our episode that we do every year out from an Olympics, our looking ahead to episode where we're going to come together. And we're going to talk about the Olympics. We're going to get excited and our bread and butter. We're going to talk about Ferg and we're just going to do it. I feel like this is going to be a weird episode because we usually always like talk up the mascots a year out, but we've talked so much about Ferg. I've got a Ferg. Like... I'm so... Is, is it even called Ferg? Or is this like Surang and Burang again? It's called Ferg, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> is it called La Femme? Um, uh, Frigia, Frigias. <laughs> I'm not even close. 
Frigias. Ah, uh, Ferg is the Aussie version of that. <laughs> yeah, mate. You see my, see my French mascot. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna fit in so well in Paris next year, aren't I? <laughs> hey, g'day, mate. You got any of those Ferg toys? It's good, my mademoiselle. I'm a, I'm a woman now, apparently. So. Uh, <laughs> La femme. <laughs> but also in between some of our uh, episodes along that line, just to, just to tease in terms of some big names that we've got coming up, we have a Canadian icon in sport. We talked to him a few weeks ago. He hasn't aired yet. There's a big Sydney connection. He's basically the first guest we've ever had on this show who is also a dual Canadian Australian. So a lot of people I don't think realise that this guy is actually half Australian, but he won his medals for Canada. An icon of his sport a legend in his own lunchbox and a fantastic, <laughs> sounds a bit to me. He's, he's a legend, not just in his own lunchbox. Yes. <laughs> Both. Um, but it's a great interview with that one as well. And we're also going to be celebrating in a few months' time the 30th anniversary of Sydney being awarded the Olympics. Now, Jared, I know you're a busy man. I know you might come to a couple of World Cup games with me, but I'm sure you're busy. But I think you and I on the 23rd of September should go down to Circular Quay at like two in the morning and we should recreate that magic moment 30 years ago when there was like, you know, thousands upon thousands of people at Circular Key. We're going to be the only ones replaying a video of Juan Antonio Sabatis' excellency going, the winner is City. And we're going to be like, yeah. And everyone's going to be looking at this going, what the fuck are those two doing? Do you, are you down? Are you free that night? Oh, hundred percent. Exactly. But we were doing like my time zone 2 a.m. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll have some special guests on that week to, to talk about that. And the big one that Colin and I did literally at the time of recording this, what, like a week ago. Yeah. With an, an absolute icon of Olympics entertainment Eurovision, if you don't mind. <laughs> this guy has it all. And this is an episode with a, a person who like when you get somebody like this on the show, you usually think, oh, we'll get half an hour with them, 20 minutes, you know, like, and, and you're obviously, you, you're very thankful for any time that you get with these people. But this interview is basically, I think, our third longest interview we've ever done on this show with an absolute icon. It is everything and more that you can ever imagine it is. It is just an incredible episode. Do you have anything to add on that without giving away who that's going to be? Because that will be in a couple of months. But Colin, you were there. You experienced it. Jared, I don't yeah. think has any idea who we're talking about because he, he doesn't show up. He's, he's too busy at 2 a.m. recreating Olympic bid wins. Um, anything to add, Colin? Because this is an if, amazing episode. It, if if you don't listen to anything else from us ever, <laughs> make sure to listen to this interview because I mean, it, it we're not overselling it. This is somebody who is a huge deal, who way over delivered on what we expected they would give us in the interview, and made our job so easy. Yeah, <laughs> more than anything, we just sat back and let them talk, and it was amazing. I think he might have the most followers on Instagram of any of our guests. He's got nearly a million followers. More than followers. that Switzerland player. He does, yeah, exactly. She hasn't been on the show yet. Um, more than Caleb Gain. Uh, so uh, we'll more than Jared, which is believe it or not. <laughs> So, uh, but not not more followers than Jared on threads. He's uh, going off on threads. Very big on threads. Very big on threads. Big on threads, Jared Lubick. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And also later in the year too, I keep teasing it, but I'm excited. Uh, the Pan Am Games, which we didn't cover the European Games, guys. Slack for us. You know, come on. I wanted to Give talk. Me English there. I wanted to talk about Federal Republic of Macedonia. North Macedonia. Sorry, that's offensive. You've got to call them North Macedonia. Oh, careful. That's where we get cancelled. But, uh, yeah, the Pan Am Games happening this year. Jared, quick, any final thoughts on the Women's World Cup? How many games are you going to, by the way? I know sort of I do know that you are going to a couple because you're coming with me, yes. Uh, but uh, 
any other games or planned activities to uh, to attend the the fan site down at Darling Harbour or anything? You know, one booked in, but if we get that that Netherlands Australia final. You'll I'll get sell tickets. yourself. I'll, I'll get ticket scalped for that. <laughs> You'll get a tattoo on your head of uh, a ticket. <laughs> That's what you do. Colin, uh, any final uh, thoughts? Do you fly into Australia to surprise us to come see Canada versus Australia in Melbourne? I, I'll, I'll be there on the opposite side of the stadium um, cheering for Canada, and you guys can lynch me uh, when we win. <laughs> <laughs> We're Australians, not Americans. Um, come on. <laughs> be, be kind here. Uh, tune in during the coming weeks. Got some great content and enjoy the Women's World Cup because we're definitely going to be excited and we'll bring you some on-the-ground stories and some fun from there. Check our social channels because Jared and I will be at games, so I'm sure we can post some things along the way there as well. Like, follow, subscribe and all the uh, the relevant social channels and everything else that you do out there. Big thanks again to Grace for her time on the show. Jared, thank you. Go the Dutch. That's it. Go the Dutch all the way. Have you got your Dutch jersey? Have you Have you got one? I have not. Um, I have to invest in some, yeah, some, some orange. They better be wearing good orange this time around. Don't tell yeah. me it's, it's, no, it's I'm pretty sure it's a good one. I'm pretty sure it's a good one. I think it's, it's, I think it's a good one from memory. Uh, Colin, have you got your Canadian jersey? They're probably available now. The, the women's Canadian jersey, much better than the men's one. It's got some style to it. It's not just a plain red shirt with Canada written on it. I'm, I'm looking forward to picking it up and wearing a women's shirt for the first time in my life. They make men's versions it? now of the women's ones. So they've, they've gone with Good. the times. I can get a men's version of the Matilda's jersey, which again, nicer than Socceroos jersey. So uh, there you go. Good. Uh, I still intend to buy the women's shirt. Do, do it. Do it. Do it. I've just been looking for an excuse to wear women's clothes. Yeah, well, I, that's why they're going to call me Mademoiselle when I'm in Paris next year. My secret's <laughs> out of the bag. Uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. It's off the podium. All the, all the closing bits at the end. Um... Jason Momoa and and Razzle Dazzle and and Go Left and Tookie Tiki Waka Waka Wiki Wiki Waka 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 Waka